listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Let's turn to our first topic and guests of today. In the next 15 minutes or so, we're talking about the impact of COVID-19 on the deaf community with masks blocking lip reading. What are the impacts of that? And I'm really delighted to be joined by three wonderful guests. We'll be speaking with Felix C., who's an associate professor from the Department of Linguistics and Modern Languages. She's also the deputy director for the Center of Sign Linguistics and Deaf Studies at the Chinese University of Hong Kong, along with Mila Lam, who's here to share her experiences as a deaf person. And Mila is also a sign bilingual instructor at SLCO Community Resources, along with Jessica Zhao, who is a sign language interpreter and also a research assistant at the Chinese University of Hong Kong. Welcome to the program, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. We Thank are. Thank you so much. We are also live this afternoon on Facebook as well. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. And we can say good afternoon here uh, on Facebook. Uh, That's the sign for good afternoon. I hope you can join us there on Facebook. Um, Before we talk to Mila about about her experiences, let's have some background, first of all, uh, about sign language in in Hong Kong. Uh, Professor C, thank you so much for for joining us uh, this afternoon. Um, Is sign language an official language uh, for deaf people uh, in Hong Kong at the moment? No, it's not yet uh, legally recognized in Hong Kong. Uh, Before the pandemic, there were a few legislative councillors who were helping us to petition to the government for legal recognition. Uh, However, at that time, we met some opposition from the government officials and also from some of the legislative councillors, and uh, it was not passed. But uh, I think the deaf community and also people who are in support of the deaf community really want to see that one day Hong Kong Sign Language can be legally recognized. Yeah, because because legal recognition has a lot of implications in policies, information access and also education of deaf people. Absolutely. So that gives uh, deaf people the right to for, for access of interpreters and, and it protects the community. Um, I also read that the government is uh, qu- quite uh, keen to push for listening and, and speaking and oral learning for, for deaf people, um, say, when they're children. Um, why is this sort of challenging for people who are hard of hearing? Oh, uh, I... I'm not sure if I could hear all of your questions because some words are missing oh. uh, because of the unstable connection. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I think the government, uh, I, mean, I mean, in terms of the attitudes, uh, it depends on which department or which bureau you're talking about. Uh, the Education Bureau is still very much concerned with um, using sign language in the context of deaf education. Uh, I think they believe that sign language can be used in deaf schools, but uh, they may not want to see sign language being used uh, for deaf students who are mainstream in hearing schools yet. Uh, but for uh, right now in Hong Kong, we still have one remaining deaf school and the education bureau actually uh, encouraged them to use sign language uh, and the labor and welfare bureau has been very supportive in the use of sign language in the community uh, they have given a lot of resources to support like the training uh, of interpreters to serve on tv or so uh, so I, I think it all depends on which bureau you're talking about but for education per se uh, 
I really wish to see the Education Bureau to be more open-minded and to allow deaf children, uh, even if they're mainstream, they can be supported by that, uh, by sign language. Yeah, um, I should stress that sign language is not universal and that each uh, place, each country, each city, it can vary from places to place uh, to places. Uh, there's not a universal sign language. So today, um, as you can see, Jessica and, and Mila and, and Felix will be using Hong Kong sign language. So perhaps let's share the origin of, of Hong Kong sign language. Where did it sort of come from? Okay, uh Around the world, the emergence of sign language very much depends on the establishment of deaf education because uh, on average, one every thousand childbirth, live childbirth would be uh, born with hearing loss. So we are not talking about a very high percentage of people born with hearing loss. So in a place where there is no form of deaf education, deaf people would be scattered across the territory and there would be no way for deaf people to come together and develop the sign language. So when we look at different countries around the world, very often uh, the establishment of a deaf school would draw deaf children from around that country and then given that context, deaf children can develop sign language among themselves. Uh, in the case of Hong Kong, uh, the first deaf school in Hong Kong was the Hong Kong School for the Deaf. It was established in 1935. It was like before World War II. Uh, uh, we, we haven't got any uh, historical record of what happened there, but after it reopened, uh, right after World War II, we were able to talk to um, some of the graduates who are still living these days. And uh, that school is an oral school. Okay, and, and then after World War II, a number of deaf schools were established. Some were using sign language, some were using the oralist approach, meaning that the teachers required the students to speak and use their residual hearing. And uh, for those signing schools, they use the uh, Shanghai variety of Chinese sign language because those schools were established by people who came to Hong Kong from China. And uh, so we saw the emergence of signing varieties uh, in different deaf schools. And when, they, when these deaf children grew up, uh, and then they began to form their own community. So we have like a hybrid uh, combination of locally developed varieties and also Chinese sign language. So today's uh, Hong Kong sign language can be seen as uh, a hybrid form of signing mixing local varieties and also Chinese sign language variety from Shanghai. Yeah, so would, would a, a, a sign language uh, a, a person from Shanghai uh, be able to communicate with uh, somebody who signs Hong Kong sign language? Well, uh, so the situation was that there were a deaf couple from Shanghai. They set up the first deaf signing school in Hong Kong. So uh, those children graduating from their school uh, use the Shanghai signs. And I think deaf people can communicate with each other fairly easily, even though they have different signing backgrounds. I mean, even nowadays, a Hong Kong deaf person who, who only knows Hong Kong sign language, if he or she goes abroad and visit another deaf person using another sign language, it only takes like several days or, you know, a week or two for them to fully understand each other. Because a lot of signs are very iconic, uh, meaning that they are visually they visually mimic the things that they see and uh, many signs are also very gestural 
So it's actually quite easy for deaf people from different places using different signing varieties to understand each other. And I have to say that even though the origin of Hong Kong sign language is a mixture of local varieties plus Chinese sign language, uh, after several decades of development, uh, so basically deaf people can understand each other fairly well, even though they may have different educational background. And the uh, interpreters that you see on TV are using common signs that can be understood by, I would say, all deaf people in Hong Kong. Like the signs that uh, our interpreter, Jessica, she's now using uh, a lot of common signs in Hong Kong Sign Language that can be understood by everyone, I think. Yeah. So um, let's also welcome to the program Mila, uh, who, who joins us. Um, and, and Mila is here to share her experiences uh, as a deaf person. And Mila is also a signed bilingual instructor at SLCO Community Resources. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining us. Apart from sign language, um, I understand that a lot of people who are hard of hearing, who have hearing loss, and, and people in the deaf community uh, also uh, rely on lip reading. And of course, uh, with COVID so prevalent, everybody's wearing masks. Um, can you share your experiences? And I'd love for our listeners to, to join us on Facebook because Mila is wearing a wonderful transparent mask. So we can actually see her lips, which is perfect uh, to, to illustrate um, uh, her, her point. Noreen Mayor on RTHK Radio 3. So Mila, can, can you share your experiences on how um, on the effects of mask wearing? Mm, okay, I would like to share some of my experience during COVID. Uh, one day I was waiting for the bus wearing a mask and an old woman came to me uh, I ignored her actually, but she stood there and looking at me. Um, she was wearing a mask and without the transparent, without the transparent uh, slides, and the mask was moving. And I was wondering, what is she doing? And I maybe she's talking, and I ignored her. Still, the mask is moving up and down, up and down. I said, uh, I, I showed her in gesture that I cannot hear hear you, and the woman went away. It was a uh, kind of bothering to me and. Uh, also, sometimes I went to the groceries. Um, normally, I can read their lips and what I want to buy and how much it is. It's five dollars. I can read the lips from the, the seller. However, nowadays, if I go there to buy the groceries, I cannot read the lips, and I will show them the, the coins. Maybe, maybe they will show me the coins, and they will use gestures saying that it's five five dollars, and then oh, okay, fine, I will give you five dollars. It's a little bit bothering to me wearing the masks um also sometimes um when my phone broke down and oh yeah oh yes my phone broke down once and i need to repair it and i i asked uh, i text them how do i repair it and they are spoke, speaking something, the mask is moving, but I, I don't exactly know what they are talking about. I cannot hear it. And it was a little bit embarrassing. And I text again uh, saying that I cannot hear. Maybe they are getting used to read my lips. Um, and when you're wearing a mask that cannot see your lips, it's very difficult for us to communicate. Do you... 
I'm so sorry to hear your experiences. Sorry, go on. Yes. Hi, we're back. Yes. Oh, has it frozen? Yeah, it froze. Oh, it froze. Uh, apologies for that. Maybe just repeat your last question. You simply re- repeat your last question to Mila. Yes. Um, I was going to say, yeah, please continue. I think Mila wanted to continue to share her experiences. And for my teaching work, actually, the sign language, uh, one of the most important part of sign language is the facial expressions. Um, For the young kids, when I was wearing the mask to teach in sign language, the kids will just look at me like this. They don't have any reactions. it's like I will show them pictures and show the sign language and they don't actually have any response. And that was the time when this transparent mask was not uh, on the market. I had a lot of difficulties in my teaching and then I changed into the transparent uh, masks. Um, yes, and I work with the hearing teacher uh, in the class and suddenly the students are all paying attention to me and I can see they are uh, interacting more with me and the hearing teachers and I, I, I do think the transparent masks are better than the uh, Euro masks and uh, actually the kids can uh, mimic our facial expressions. If we don't have the lower face expressions, the kids, they cannot uh, copy or imitate our signing or our facial expressions. Absolutely, Mila. I I agree because a lot of the um, words uh, in sign language changes depending on on the shape of your mouth. So, for example, happy and play, you need to see the mouth movement. Um, So that's so important. Sorry, my my sign language is so limited, but um, it it makes such a difference to be able to, like you said, see the lower half of the face. Um, So so it's interesting, Mila, because you also teach uh, children uh, as well as as a kindergarten teacher. Um, What are the limitations uh, for for, for lip reading uh, as well um, for, for, for deaf children? Um, for lip reading, it's not 100% to understand the content. Sometimes you will have some misunderstandings. Um, and there are a lot of mis- misunderstandings. And also, even if you can read the lips, you may not be knowing what exactly the meaning is. You can read it, but not the meaning is not that clear. Yes, same with English words as well. Um, for example, uh, the animal goat. Oh, sorry, the animal goat, and also coke as well. If you're just reading the lips, um, goat and coke look the same in terms of the lip shape. So I can imagine there will be some sort of a misunderstanding. And for the listeners right now, um, between the gaps of the conversation, the silences, um, we have Jessica who is uh, interpreting uh, my question and my comments directly to Mila. So uh, uh, um, do do also understand that. We are also live on Facebook as well. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. Mandy says hello. Hello, Mandy. It's good to see you. 
uh, on Facebook. Thank you so much for, for watching us there. Um, I, I also want to um, see how people with hearing loss have adapted uh, to, to, to COVID-19 who rely on lip reading. What, what, what do you do? Because not all, not all hard, of, uh, hard of hearing people sign, not all deaf people sign. So a lot of the times you are relying on lip reading. What, what do they do in this situation? Do you have friends who maybe don't sign as well as you do, Mila? And I ask that because a lot of the uh, people growing up um, uh, who, who are hard of hearing or from the deaf community uh, were immersed in the speaking and listening world. Their parents perhaps didn't learn sign language with them and that sign language was picked up at a later age. That's uh, common. I've come across uh, people in the community like that. Jessica is explaining your question to me. Thank you. Felix is also explaining the question. So now a lot of deaf people, they don't know sign language and wearing the masks. What, uh, what are the barriers? Um, if they don't know sign language, they whole, totally depends on their listening. Um, they might, it depends on how well they listen. And if they wear a mask, it's definitely would affect their uh, understanding and comprehension. Um, Felix is asking that how do you solve the problem? Um, Mila is saying maybe through written or text to communicate, use written or text on the phone. Yeah. Well, um, Professor C. Felix, um, perhaps let's go back to, to, to a very basic question. You know, how does sign language help children with hearing loss um, and, and why should parents consider it? I think I think this question especially goes for hearing parents who have deaf children because um, it's two very different worlds. But, you know, why should hearing parents consider using sign language? Okay, uh, first of all, we know that uh, from research, we know that sign language is a natural human language. Uh, it, it is grammatically complex and it is also very expressive, just like other spoken languages. For children to develop language and also other cognitive abilities, they need to have a good first language foundation. And we, are, we now all know that to learn a language well, it has to begin very early in life. So we have a critical time period for children to pick up a language. So for hearing parents who have deaf children, if they decide not to sign with their children, then it all depends on how well the, 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 the kids can hear. If the hearing loss is mild, that means the, the baby could still hear a wide range of sounds. I think not using sign language is still okay. But if uh, there is a substantial loss of auditory input to the child, and if the child is not receiving any sign language input, then the child may not be able to develop a good language foundation, that is the spoken language. I think sign language is good because uh, if we can give sign language input and spoken language input to the child, then if the child cannot hear so well, he or she can still develop 
a good language foundation using sign language. And I do think that learning sign language early in life can support spoken language development in the long run, because if the child is deaf, okay, even if we're talking about like moderate hearing loss, uh, sign language can be a good support because they can learn the concept in sign and they also learn how to link up that concept with the spoken word. Absolutely. So I, I, I really encourage that, uh, hearing parents to consider giving sign language input to their children and learn sign language together. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. Um, uh, Professor C, what, sort of your, what sparked your interest in this area of um, academia? Oh, uh, when I was an undergraduate student, I studied English literature and linguistics. I knew nothing about sign language. But when I did my master research, uh, Professor Gladys Tang, uh, who is now the director of our research center, she introduced sign language to me. Uh, I was very curious about language in general. So I got into, into the research of Hong Kong sign language. And then I had a lot of opportunities to, you know, meet government officials or educators in Hong Kong with Gladys Tang at that time. And I don't work, I don't really want to see her. I don't want to see her, you know, fighting this fight alone. And, um, and I believe that uh, having a PhD would be important if we want to make some change uh, in the community. If I, I could work as a deaf school teacher, but I mean, being a person within the establishment and a tiny person, but small potato couldn't really make a big change. So, so I decided to pursue my PhD after I finished my master thesis. Yeah. Wow, good for yeah, you. I think I was really moved when I saw how Gladys fought for the children. Yeah, yeah, I was really moved by her. Yeah, wow, that sounds like a really moving story. Thank you so much for, for, for sharing this. And also, uh, Mila, for sharing your experiences. I'm sure it, it's so frustrating uh, sometimes to not be able to lip read when it's such a basic part of the communication for, for people in, in the deaf community. So um, finally, where can people get these uh, clear masks, transparent masks? I don't really see them around in Hong Kong. Um, there are some companies selling this kind of transparent masks, and you can you can search it online, and they it offer special teaching. And also for the kindergarten uh, here, they also ordered it somewhere online. And also you can order it from Selco CR, and they have a, a bunch of transparent masks offering. Also, I have another another one. This transparent mask is a little bit small. And it's not that clear to see your face. And also sometimes uh, when you wear it for a longer time, there will be uh, some um, saliva moisture. on it. Yeah. Moisture. Moisture. And you cannot see it clearly. Oh, um, of course. Yeah, it has the, the moisture that sticks to it. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad we had this discussion today. I, I feel like we're just scratching the surface and this discussion needs to be continued and I'm sure we'll continue it uh, another day. Meanwhile, thank you so much uh, for your time this afternoon. Mila Lam, who shared her experiences as a deaf person. She's also a signed bilingual instructor at SLCO Community Resources and she also teaches at a kindergarten along with Jessica Chow, a sign language interpreter and also a research assistant.
assistant from the Chinese University of Hong Kong. And thank you very much to Felix C, an associate professor from the Department of Linguistics and Modern Languages. She's also the deputy director of the, of the Center of Sign Linguistics and Deaf Studies at the Chinese University of Hong Kong. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. And I really enjoyed our discussion uh, this afternoon. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.